Welcome to the Bill Cartwright Show. Our super special guest today is USF alumni, Joe Rogers. Joe, welcome. Hey, it's great to be with you, Bill. Uh, Joe, something's always curious to me is that we kind of feel like we know uh, each other really, really well. And you and I do, we go back a ways. Let's start with, uh, I want to start with where you grew up. I think I know. And talk a little bit about your mom and dad. Yeah, I grew up in Fairfield, um, which, as you know, is between San Francisco and Sacramento. And at that time, it was uh, Fairfield, Solano County was country. You know, Fairfield, I think, had 40,000 people. Sassoon had 4,000. And then Vacaville had, uh, just up the road, had 30,000. It, it really was just sort of, a, sort of a farming, kind of ranching place, you know? And uh, my parents moved there uh, in the 50s. And my dad was an accountant. And uh, it was interesting. They, they lived in this, it was called Waterman Park. It was, I think it was old army housing or some, of some sort. And they lived yeah. there for a long time. You know what I'm talking about? You, I don't know if you remember it. it, it they tore it down and built the, the Civic Center in Fairfield over it. But it was, it was, uh, I think it was old army house. And it'd been around for a long time. And uh, that's where they, uh, that's where they started out. And then they, uh, they bought a house. They, they started subdividing Fairfield. And there was a new section at that time. And they bought a house. And, uh, it was, I don't know, like $10,000 or something. I mean, it was, it was cheap. Really cheap, yeah. Yeah. And small and small. It was a three-bedroom, one-bath. My dad later on added some, he added a room to the back. But uh, he was a captain. My mom stayed home um, and uh, he was there all the time. And uh, we grew up. Uh, my, dad, my dad was born in Crockett, which, as you know, it's just on the other side of the Carquinez Straits from Vallejo. And uh, he grew up there, and then he went into uh, the army. army. And he ended up, uh, he ended up out this way. He ended up in New Mexico. My mom was from just south of Lubbock, Texas, and uh, they went to I don't know, some party or something. That's where they met, and and eventually got married and moved to Fairfield. And uh, you know, it's interesting. You should, I, I've been thinking a lot about Fairfield because you know I'm now I'm in now I'm in Amarillo. It's quite a long way away now and uh i i loved growing up in fairfield i had older brothers they were teenagers when i was a really little kid and i remember for example i remember i, I don't know what i was doing in the car but my brother was driving my older brother was driving myself and my younger brother around and he kept stopping he'd see his friends he kept stopping it and i remember him saying hey the beatles are going to be on ed sullivan like that's what i you know what I mean? It's just weird. It was one of my first memories. And uh, and what got me wasn't wasn't that the Beatles were going to be on. It's that it seemed like every five minutes he was stopping and talking to his friends and they were all talking about the Beatles. That was my first real memory. So you grew up in Fairfield. <laughs> Talk about yourself uh, in high school. And what kind of kid were you in high school? And, and what high school did you go to? Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you, I've had, 
including USF, I've had 16 years of Catholic education. So I, I went to Catholic school in Fairfield Grammar School, first through eighth grade. And then I, I went to St. Pat's in Vallejo. And, oh, I hated that. I got to tell you, I hated high school, Bill. First of all, we, we all had to ride a bus. And we had to get up early direct to get to the bus, right, for the bus to get there, because they made some stops and everything along the way. And I don't know, it's about 20, 30 minutes to Vallejo. It just seemed like we were up, like, way too early. And I... I you may remember from college, I, I like to sleep in. I'm, I'm sort of lazy in the morning. And we had to get up and get on that darn bus. And then, okay, so you know, and you know this about me. So I have a disability. I have cerebral palsy. And I went to a school that was very, very, it was an all-boys school. And it was very athletic. The ath athletics was, was really big. And I just didn't fit in, you know. I I could I could go to the games and I could cheer, but you know I wasn't very athletic. They, I got I got excused from PE because the first PE class I had I hurt myself. You know it was uh, it, it was a uh, it, it was kind of first couple of years that were kind of tough. I really didn't like it very much. Um, but um, I I I enjoyed school. I was in the um, my first year. I was in the uh, what do they call it? It was, uh, they called it, I don't know, we called it smart class where the guys that were, were preparing to go to college. And then I, I couldn't do algebra. So I, I went to what they called the dumb class that the guys that aren't going to college. And, and I stayed there for, for my four years. I was really fortunate to get into USF. Uh, a friend of yours, Father Fessio, came to uh, St. Pat's in, in, uh, in 76 and said, hey, we're starting this great books program at USF. And, you know, if any of you are interested, I encourage you to apply. And that sounded interesting. So I applied and surprisingly was, I was accepted into Father Fessio's, I forget what, the St. Ignatius Institute. I was, I was accepted into that. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why, um, because that was full of really smart guys, right? Oh. Really. You know, they, they were they were real students and they were I was interested in the great books. I wasn't committed. Right. They were committed to learning and I was just kind of interested. So um, that's how that happened. But I didn't I wasn't really crazy about my high school years. I, I, I was in a different town. I wasn't an athlete. I really didn't fit in. I had to get up really early in the morning. You know, it was just it was awful. Bill. It was terrible. I, I, I got to admit. I, I appreciate the education because I got a really good education. You know, I, I was I was um, educated by the Christian brothers, and they were they were really good. They were really good men, and and they gave a great example. But uh, high school wasn't for me. I, I understand. Uh, so that's interesting. So you had met Father Fezio mm -hmm. in high school. That's that's really remarkable. You know when. He lived actually at Gilson Hall and was one of my neighbors. I didn't like it because he'd walk into my room. Did he just walk into your room? Oh, he'd walk in. No knock, no nothing, just walk <laughs> in. So uh, you have to learn your lesson quickly and lock your door. <laughs> Who knows what I'm doing in there? So uh, as you're thinking about going off to college, and we know, of course, you did go to USF, but did you have some other options you were thinking about? 
No. <laughs> no. No, I was I was just I was just happy to be. I, I forget. I mean, I had applied to other places, um, but I was really happy. I mean, Father Fessio really he, it was really impressive. He was talking about learning the great books and Western civilization and all those great ideas and everything. And you know that that really kind of inspired me. I really wanted to go. Um, and so I was quite happy when I got you know when I got accepted. But the interesting thing, though, I got to tell you this, Bill. So when I was, I remember thinking, you know, I, I wish I, I wish I'd gone to school. I always wanted to go to school in LA because I thought LA would be more exciting and more fun, right? Yeah. And I remember going to USF going, you know, maybe, maybe I should have applied to, because I didn't apply anywhere down there. So maybe I should have applied down there. I, I'd probably have a lot more fun. But um, that, that ended, you know, soon after I got to USF because USF was great. I mean, it was a small, you know, I, thought, I, I, I was actually thinking about that the other day. Um, it was a small school, we were close-knit, and the communal aspect of it is what I really enjoyed. I mean, it was just a great, you know, for being in a big city, and, and you know, it was a small school, and we were all kind of packed into that you know, like one or two blocks together. It was great. I'm, I'm so happy that, you know, I met uh, did you have any favorite professors uh, when you were at USF? I did. My favorite professor, um, and now his name escapes me. I just had it a second ago. Um, was was uh, I hate when that happens. I can't remember his name now. But he was my uh, philosophy professor, uh, uh. Dr. Raymond Denny. There it is. Um, and he was a smart. I like smart guys, right? Because they're they're just fascinating. And he was a really smart guy. And he was a good teacher, and he posed questions. You know, what I liked about San Ignatius Institute was uh, we we had another teacher called Father McGuire, and I forget what he taught, but he used the the uh, the uh, the Socratic method. He would ask us questions, right, and we would answer. They would ask us another question. We had we had oral finals. And he would really probe what we knew, right? And it was this sort of dialogue that went back and forth during those, those exams. And I really liked that. And, and Dr. Denny, he was, was the same kind of guy. He, he, he posed a lot of thoughtful questions. And you could answer any way you wanted. You didn't have to agree with him so long as you made a cogent argument. And I really enjoyed that. That was Those classes were certainly my favorite. So you remember none of this, right? Because I never went to class. If you remember, I was hardly ever in class. Yeah, how'd you get away with that? Because you I know. I, because I, I did go to class, but I you kind know, of I enjoyed re- it. I, re- I remember I remember you, I would come into your room and you would be you would be you'd be doing homework, you'd be working, you'd have pen and paper out, you'd be you'd be doing stuff. You're like, why is he doing that? You know, I don't know. I wasn't a very good student. I, I don't know what your grade point average was, Bill, but I remember mine was like 2.1. It was it was horrible. Yeah, I did. I was a better student in college than I was in high school because everything there was mine. It was my row. It was my schedule. I had morning classes. Um, I just really enjoyed the independence, and that was really on me. 
So I, I really liked it. And, um, and I enjoyed uh, the professors as well. So they were kind of entertaining. So I, I really liked it. Who, who was your favorite professor? Uh, Dr. Alec Calvin. He was uh, in the, in the um, philosophy department. Um, amazing man. Uh, as a matter of fact, I spoke with him. He's going to be 94 years old this year. That's awesome. So um, he helped me. I came back and got my master's. <laughs> so he helped me with that. So, yeah, brilliantly smart. Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed my time with him. So let me ask you, after you're about to leave USF, did you feel like you were prepared to leave and go off in your first job? And what was your first job? Um, well, <laughs> by the time I, I was ready to leave, because I had gotten, I had, I had contracted hepatitis uh, my, I think my junior year, and I missed the whole year. So I was actually there five years. So by the time I left, I left in, I was supposed to graduate, you graduated in 79, I was supposed to graduate in 80, and I ended up graduating in 81. So by the time 81 came around, I was ready to go. And I was kind of, um, you know, I was foolish. I thought I was, you know, I thought I could do anything, you know. And uh, I ended up, I ended up getting my first job with selling insurance with Prudential Insurance. And I got a job back in Fairfield. They had a, uh, an office in Fairfield. How'd you get that job? How'd I get it? I, I, uh, well, they came, to the, they came to campus and I, I guess I did well in the interview. And uh, I got a call from the, the uh, I guess it was the, op the, uh, the office director or whatever, I don't remember what his title was now. And he called me in and I went in and I spoke with him a couple of times and, and they picked me up and uh, I started doing that. And then, so you remember in, in 80, I guess it was late 81. So the economy was really bad. Reagan had come in and kind of put, put the, the skids on the economy and unemployment went up and everything was bad. They closed the office in Fairfield. And, you know, I'm just out of college. I don't have, you know, I can't. I didn't feel I didn't feel confident in trying to run my own business from my apartment or going to another office. So, so I went back to school. I went back to Solano College and I learned computer programming. And um, I had my roommate. I had a roommate. His name was Joe Castro. He was working for uh, Wells Fargo, and he had an IBM PC, the first computers. And I, I got really, I got just fascinated by that. And so I learned programming and I did some work for him doing some, pro, doing some programming. And I eventually got a job in sales selling because I knew some of the applications. This is way back in the day when it's brand new. Yeah. I, yeah, I, knew, I knew how the operating system worked, I could run the operating system. Remember back then there were disks, they were just put a disk in and then type, it was all DOS, it was all DOS based, text based. So I knew that, and, and so I got hired to sell computers. And, you know, I, I love computers, so I was really good at selling them because I, I was able to, you know, I, I was able to take my enthusiasm and, and kind of convey that to other people. And so 
my first job was selling insurance, but I ended up being in computers um, thereafter up until about the year 2000. So then what, what did you do after that? After? After your computers. Uh, okay, so I don't know how much of this I told you, um, but, uh, but um, I was doing really well in computers and then I, 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 I had a problem. I, had, I, actually, I actually came down, I'd say came down like I, like I caught it, but um, I had a really tough time with anxiety and depression. And um, at the height of doing, I mean, I used to do uh, contract work and I was making good money. I was living in therapy, I had my own house. And then I got, I, I got severe depression and, uh, and anxiety. And uh, I, I stopped about, about the year 2000. I, I couldn't work anymore. I just stopped working. I lost my house and for about, I don't know, the next six years, I was kind of homeless. So I didn't really do anything from about age 40 to about 46. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to get, trying to get well. And uh, I'm really fortunate and I was living in Solano County and they had really good mental health services there. And I was able to go in and I got on, on meds and, you know, it took, took, took a few years, but I got back on my feet and I got into radio. I was producing a radio show and uh, that was my next job. That was, that was uh, late, well, mid 2000s. So there was, there was a, a gap there where I just didn't work well. Let's go back on that a little bit because <laughs> I know a little bit about anxiety as a lot of athletes do, is that you're doing something for a long period of time and then you stop. And then there's a feeling that something is wrong. I'm not really sure what it is, but I know it's wrong and it's like really wrong. So um, I can remember this perfectly. I could drive. I could drive. And it's a good thing my wife was with me because that's really bad thoughts and um and then you become a lot of these things really emotional uh, afraid for me afraid um so i understand there's a lot of these emotions that you never thought you had um i was medicated for about a year inside of that so I think that's really important to be able to get away from that and then come back and find yourself um, by that balance. Get rid of that funky feeling that's nightmarish and, and, and come back. But you did. And with radio, how does that happen? Radio, holy smokes. Yeah. It, okay. So, and all of this is tied in together. Um, you know, I, I was in, I had a car. I, I bought a, I, I managed to, to, to cobble together $500 and I bought this, this really junker car on, on eBay. And so I was able to actually get around and I, somehow I ended up in Sacramento. And um, I went to this church. So one day after mass, there, it was in the bulletin said the, the diocese is looking for a radio, somebody to volunteer to do radio 
produced this, it's called the Bishop's Radio Hour in Sacramento. And I mean, I didn't, I, what was I doing? I was sitting around in my car, right? I mean, this was like, oh, well, gee, I guess I can do this and there's something to do. And I can do it. Paying, so they couldn't fire me. You know what I mean? I'm like, I could get fired. They just, so I volunteered and I went down and I met, the host was Bob Dunning. He's just a great guy. Just a really, really good guy. And, you know, we chatted and I started working for them, I think one day a week. And uh, eventually, because, you know, I had time and everybody else had, you know, lives. It was me and my car. So um, eventually I started doing all, all week. I was working there all week. And eventually they put me on the payroll. I was a part-time employee. And I, I started, I started to, because at, at that time, Bill, I, I, all my confidence was gone. I was, I, I felt old. I was 40 something. And, and, you know, I've done computers and, and now it's been five years and I haven't done computers. I don't know anything else, right? What am I going to do? I mean, I'm already, I'm already old, in my opinion, I'm already old and I don't have any skills. So I, you know, it was, it was a blessing to get this job at the radio station. So I did that and um, it, it turned into a, it turned into a pain gig and I felt good about it. And Bob wanted to get some guests. And um, his wife had been sort of helping him out and doing that, but you know they had had kids and she was home. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I, I want to do this. I want to try to see if I can produce. I mean, I was really, I was just really running the board up until that point. They call it producer, but I was just running the board. And I remember thinking, you know, Bob is a great guy, and I, and he knows about my past. He knows how old I am. He knows, you know, I have issues and. If I can't, I, I'm going to ask him if I can do it. If I can't, if I can't work for Bob, I'll never, uh, you know, this is my only chance to get back on my feet. I'm in perfect position where he understands me and, and I won't, I don't feel intimidated and I don't have all this anxiety and God bless him. He let me do it. And we had some really good shows with some really good guests and um, sometime thereafter I left, but some of the shows that we did, um, got him, uh, soon after I left, the Archdiocese of New York put, to, put together the Catholic Channel on Sirius, and they were looking for content, and Bob sent him some of the, some of the shows that we did, and they picked him up, and subsequently his producer quit, and I went back to work for him, so I was working for him, Sacramento, Bishop's Radio Bauer, uh, from... It was a one-hour show in Sacramento, but I was working all day trying to get guests for him there, and I was working for him for the Sirius show. So I became, you know, full-time producer on two shows, and I got my confidence back. I started feeling like, you know, I can do something. I'm worth something to somebody, you know, and that was really big for me because I had lost all my confidence, and, um, you know, it worked out. Um, I wasn't a really good producer. And so for the national show, they, you know, they were very nice about it, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough for a national show. So they replaced me and um, I found this job. I'm now in Amarillo and uh, I met a woman while I was in, San, in California who was from Amarillo and she moved back to Amarillo. So I was like, I was very motivated to get out of California about that time and moved to Amarillo. And I found this job. And uh, I started there in 2000, here, 
in 2008. Um, and I work for a center for independent living, which is, um, it's, a, it's an organization, it's a nonprofit, and it's run by and for people with disabilities. And our job is to help uh, other people with disabilities who want to learn independent living skills to live on their own independently. We provide independent living skills training and durable medical equipment to help them live on their own. And I was very fortunate to find a job here. And so I've been here you know, since 2008. Well, talk about what your title is now and talk about uh, what's your goals for the business. Well, yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, I'm the I'm the CEO. Um, we um, we changed titles about I don't know six years ago. I was the executive director, but we changed titles with a little bit more. We wanted to look a little bit more corporate um, when we were trying to find um, donors and, and other other funders. Um, so that's my job. Uh, we have a staff of ten right now, which we're sort of learning on a shoestring. Um, and, you know, we have a couple of things. We have a couple of programs really proud of. We have this thing called Youth Encountering Success, our YES program. And that's to help kids who are in high school to transition to adulthood. And, um, you know, I kind of feel, I, I, I kind of have a, it, that resonates with me because my high school was, my high school experience was so bad. And we can help kids make that transition from high school to adulthood. I, I'm really excited about that. That's one of our programs. Um, we have some other programs. We have uh, an employment program, help people get jobs and that kind of thing. But right now, what I'm really excited about is we're, we're exploring an opportunity with the VA to provide services to disabled vets. That's one group of people that we haven't really focused on. And it requires, um, the VA has to be on board. They have to be due diligence about us and our ability and that kind of thing. And hopefully here within the next few months, we'll go through that review, we'll get certified, and we'll be able to start providing um, services to vets to keep them in their homes and avoid them having to go into a nursing home or some other institutional setting. Wow, that's, uh, that sounds like a pretty big job. Now, you know, now let me let me ask you because um, when you're assisting all these all these folks, where where do they come from? Do they find you or you find them? They find us. Uh, they, they, this is interesting, and I, I a lot of people don't they, they think we're kind of strange, and I, I, maybe we are. The independent living centers were started in California, Berkeley. And it was started by um, a man named Ed Roberts. And uh, he has an interesting story. I'll, I'll just very briefly talk about it. Um, when he was young, he contracted polio. And it, it, it left him paralyzed. He could move, I think, one finger, I think. And um, wow. Yeah, he was, he was just a kid. He was just a teenager. And uh, he wanted, um, you know, after going through all that, and there's a whole story there, you can, you can look that up. He wanted to work, and uh, he was a client of the California Department of Rehabilitation, and they told him that he was too disabled to work. And uh, you know, he didn't. He, he still wanted to work. He still wanted to achieve. So he ended up going to Berkeley, and while at Berkeley, um, 
he became an advocate for making Berkeley accessible to people uh, with, who use wheelchairs. And um, he became, he started the first, well, he didn't start it, but the guys around him started the first Center for Independent Living in Berkeley. And his whole philosophy that people with disabilities don't need to be taken care of, right? That's, that's, that's not what it's about. It's about them being able to participate as fully as they want to and as fully as they can in society. And interestingly enough, Ed Roberts was once told that he was too disabled to work by the Department of Rehabilitation in the 70s ended up running the Department of Rehabilitation. So it's an, it's an awfully good story, yeah. And we live, that's our philosophy. That's my philosophy. That's what we, that's what we live by here. We want people to, who want to be independent to come to us. So we don't advertise. We don't hunt people down. We don't badger people. People who want to live independently will learn about us through the other social resources that are around here. And they'll come and we'll work with them. And it's really interesting. They set their goals. We don't write, I, I, I joke with people that we don't do anything for anybody. And the reason I say this was we don't write their goals. We don't do the work for them. We help them when they need it. We'll provide them the resources and supports to do it. But it's their life. It's their work. It's, it's their responsibility. And we just support them with that. Wow, that is really remarkable. Um, you do have kids. I do. What, what, what are they up to? Yeah, I have twins. Um, that's kind of an interesting story, but yeah, um, they're, you know, they're, they're still in, they're still in California. I, you know what? I envy them because they're still in California. My one son lives in Visalia. The other one lives in Vacaville. And, uh, you know, they're, my one son is, he's, he's kind of into the, the YouTube thing. And I don't really get it, Bill. I don't really know what he, I mean, I, I mean he, he lets me know when he's streaming. He's a streamer on, I think, Twitch. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know how it works. Anyway, I'll get these little texts from him and, he, and he'll be doing something. And he's got followers or whatever they're called. I don't know. Yeah. He, and that's his big thing. You know, he has a, he has some job. I don't know. Some job, day job. But his big thing is, is, is that social media. My other son, he works at Genentech and he's just raising, he's got a family. He's got a, a wife and a son, my grandson, Evan. And uh, so he's kind of busy with that. He does a little bit of Twitch too, I think. Um, but that's them. They're, uh, and they're old, Bill. Bill, I can't believe this. They, they just last year turned 40. Where did the time go? Wow, crazy. Yeah. Somebody's getting old. It's not us. You know, I just turned I just turned sixty four, and and the the my coworkers here they they threw a little party for me, and I had to tell them, you know, I, I'm too young to be this old. You know, exactly. it's just, yeah, I, I don't I don't know where the time went. Now, are you pretty happy where you are, or would you come back to California? Well, you know, I'm I'm okay, so I'm happy. I. I it's interesting when I, I I came here I came to Amarillo before I moved here once, um, for came to visit my my time girlfriend, and I remember I uh, she was working so she couldn't get off and I was I was in a in a hotel and I nothing to do all day and I had nothing to do 
And I remember one morning I got up and across the highway from where I was staying was a, an Albertsons and inside the Albertsons was a Starbucks. And I got up and I walked over to the Starbucks and I remember sitting there having my coffee. And I heard the people talking about their weekend, this is Monday. I heard them talking about the weekend and the stories that they told and the things that they did reminded me of Fairfield when I was growing up, what people were doing. It was like I went back in time 40 years and I thought, wow, I, I know this place. I, 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 I know these people. And it was really kind of cool. And I remember thinking, you know, I could, I could, I could live here. I didn't have a job or anything. I wasn't even looking for a job at that time. But, um, you know, Amarillo is, Amarillo is not a bad place. I don't like the weather. We get severe weather and it's lots of snow. Well, not this year, but usually we get snow in the winter. I'm not, you know, I'm not a... Snow. Yeah, no snow. And I'm not really crazy about severe weather either. Um, but it's a nice place. And, and I've been here now. I've been here longer than I've been anywhere else other than Fairfield. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's home now. And, and I kind of like it. But I'll tell you, I, I would love to be able. So uh, my 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 younger brother passed away last year, and I was back home for that. And um, I remember I was in Vacaville, and uh, I remember driving around and going, you know what? I I I I'd give my left arm, and that's my good arm, Bill. I'd give my left arm to be able to go back and live in in Vacaville. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Joe, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, whether you know it or not, your journey has been very, very interesting. And uh, you've, you've accomplished a lot. Well, Bill, it's always great to catch up with you. Thank you.